good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. On August 9th, five pro-lifers filed into a federal courtroom to face charges stemming from a rescue that conducted in October of 2020. Joining me right now uh, to discuss this is Dr. Monica Miller, Director of Citizens for Pro-Life Society and the author of books like Abandoned, The Untold Story of the Abortion Wars, and The Authority of Women in the Catholic Church. Also uh, with her, one of the rescuers, Will Goodman. Monica, good to have you with us. Will, good to have you with us, too. So good to be with you, Al. Thank you. Thanks, Al. God bless you. Let, let's. This this has some real interesting twists to it. So, how many people? We got five students, five rescuers, that are being uh, tried here. That's correct, Al. Right. We have a total number of of ten. Excuse me, nine defendants, and our judge bifurcated uh, our group into two separate trials. So what began this month was the trial of five out of the nine rescuers, and I'm one of the defendants in that case. Okay. So what did you do that they're claiming was criminal, uh, Will? Yeah, so uh, I went inside the abortion facility. This is a late-term abortion center. Today we had one of the staff members testifying to very late-term abortions being performed there. And it's inside of a general-purpose building. It's on the fourth floor. Uh, San Angelo was the abortionist. He was made notorious by a live-action film in which he admitted that when women are going into labor at his abortion mill, he will not provide the babies who are born with any care. Mm. So we went there in a particular way to um, provide assistance to the mothers, let them know that women have died at the facility, to give them alternatives. And so what I did uh, at this particular rescue is in the hallway outside of the abortion center, I was... Uh, giving literature to the to the women, to speak to those going by, to pray in a peaceful way. I knelt down for a few moments in the waiting room, then I came outside and I knelt in the hallway. Uh, ultimately, the owner said that I had to leave. Uh, I spoke with an uh, African-American gentleman. I said one of my heroes was Rosa Parks, and she was asked to leave uh, the bus and move to the back from the front, but she stayed for the purpose of, of dignity, that all people are created equal. And I said, now you are asking me to leave, but following Rosa Parks, I'm going to stay because of the dignity of the child. I have a commitment to nonviolence and to peace. I'm just going to kneel and stay, but the children are unable to leave, so I won't leave. Um, and then several, uh, well, over a year or so later, uh, there's a grand jury indictment. FBI agents are kicking down doors, uh, multiple states rounding people up, and we're getting charged with two felonies that could land us all in jail for up to 11 years in a federal prison. So they've charged you with felonies. Uh, is That's that correct. Fel- is that under the FACE uh, legislation? So there's two different uh, statutes. One is felony FACE, because they're alleging that we were forceful in our uh, obstruction and, and violence, which just isn't true. Right. In fact, the abortion staff attacked us. And then the second charge, which actually carries FACE carries up to a year, the second charge, as far as I know, has never been used against any pro-lifers or anyone engaged in nonviolent direct action for any cause, and it's conspiracy to obstruct rights. And this conspiracy to obstruct rights carries the potential of 10 years in prison. Gee. Monica, um, can they get a fair trial there? I was looking over your, <laughs> I was looking over your notes on jury selection and just shaking my um, head. Go ahead. You know, Al, I have a lot of courtroom experience. Yep. 
because of the rescues that I've participated in over the years. I've never seen anything like this. Um, I do have an article today in um, Crisis Magazine about the trial, so people can access that. It's right on the homepage, crisismagazine.com. I really encourage people to, to read it to get an idea of what and what on earth is going on here. Um, I, I start out with an analogy. Let's say that we're back in the Deep South in the year 1960, and five people sat in at a whites-only lunch counter, and they got arrested, and they stood trial, and they opted for a jury trial. And the possible jurors, some of them during the jury selection, Al, they said, um, yeah, I belong to the Ku Klux Klan, and I've given money to the Klan, and I've attended their rallies, and I don't believe that black people, uh, you know, Negroes or whatever, are the uh, equivalent of white people. And, and, the, and the judge does not strike those jurors for cause. Wow. Wow. There's See- no way that you can expect a juror who, and this is, these are the kinds of jurors, Al, that the parade one right after another. I give them yeah. Planned Parenthood. I attend their, I attend pro-abortion rallies. We had one, one guy who actually said that he donated money to abortion, uh, facilities in Florida that he protested against the Dobbs decision and she still didn't strike him. Wow. And, and, you wow. know, listeners might, might be wondering, well, wh- why not? All they had to do, no matter their commitment to the pro-abortion cause, Al, all they had to say is what I, I call the magic words. I could still be fair and impartial in this trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're setting it up, too, as though this trial is not about abortion. It's oh, about whether clinics have a right to operate. And so they, in, that, in, that, in that crazy sense, abortion becomes irrelevant. Well, right, and I, how many times I heard the judge, one, one prospective potential juror after another, you understand that this case is not about whether abortion is right or wrong, whether abortion is just or unjust. It is about access to abortion, whether yeah. the abortion facility has the right to operate free from interference. <laughs> and in my Crisis Magazine article, I have another analogy. So we get into court, has to do with the issue of slavery. Now, this case has nothing to do with whether slavery is right or wrong, whether slavery is just or unjust. It's about whether the slave markets have a right to operate. Right. And could you set aside your deeply held views regarding the subject of abortion and just be able to be fair and impartial regarding access to abortion. Yeah. I mean, come on, it's the same thing. I mean, well, how do you, there's no way you can separate those two things out. Well, something other, another thing that's strange here, which plays into this insanity, is you have um, the testimony of Carolyn Davis. Yeah. Now, she's what, 24, 25 years old? Uh, Caroline is probably now 22 or 23. Okay, okay. Um, t- tell us what happened here, because why would she, if abortion isn't the issue, why is she testifying? Well, and I know Caroline. Caroline participated with me and Heather Idoni, who's also a defendant in, in this face case right now. We did a rescue together in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, that would have been May of 2020, and she at that time was only 19 or 20 years old. Okay. 
She was on fire. I yeah. mean, she, evangelical Protestant, totally on fire, totally committed to um, saving unborn children from abortion. She would sidewalk counsel at clinics in, in Michigan. Here's what I, ha- I think has happened. And, this, and again, you know, do I, I, I tried to reach out to Caroline, by the way, but I've gotten no response. Mm-hmm. She is facing similar charges in two other rescues in which she participated. One of them was in Michigan, and the other one was in Tennessee. And I also think that there was some pressure that she might be charged with the with conspiracy and faith in the current case okay. because she was at that rescue. Okay. okay. So fifty percent, I think, of her motivation was 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 fear. Now people don't she know that she's testifying against you, the pro-lifers. She now te- she testified. Yes, she she testified against the pro-lifers in this current case that's being tried in D.C. And so she, she can avoid other, prosecution then? She could avoid, well, or, or not be charged with the felony. Okay. I think there might be still the potential that she could be charged with misdemeanor face, yeah. um, which has only, quote-unquote, a six-month uh, term connected with it, um, maximum. And, and if I could but add, I think, too. I think, part of her, I think part of her issue, though, I, I think someone got to her. Yeah. I don't know who it is, but I think someone turned her, poisoned her view regarding pro-life activism, and so she fe- feels in conscience that she isn't doing anything wrong in testifying against fellow pro-lifers. Uh, Will, you were going to say something there. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not really at liberty uh, at, at being advised by my attorney to speak directly to our trial or a jury or judge. But one thing I can say from listening to Caroline's testimony is that fear was a very, uh, it was a, that was a big looming reality in, in her decision. So that came out when our attorneys uh, spoke to her on cross-examination. And I'd just like to say, too, Al, on behalf of all of the defendants and rescuers, we harbor no ill will against Caroline. Um, We don't agree, but we show her mercy. uh, We show her love and charity. We pray for her. uh, And we understand on the human level, we understand. I mean, can you imagine being in your 20s, having federal agents show up and say, listen, you, you could be going away from anywhere to 11 to 20 to more years. I mean, in the past, in the 90s, when the large civil disobedience of Operation Rescue was going and shutting down abortion mills, saving thousands of lives, mm-hmm. you know, this new tool came out of its face, and the first charge could get you six months. Now, that was clearly, right. uh, you know, a, a monumental change yep. for maybe spending the night in jail. Now, this new tool of the current Department of Justice, the current administration, means on your first charge, you could be looking at up to 10 years. So this is really unprecedented. So we had uh, people in this case, you know, who were being very much pressured uh, to say, hey, listen, I mean, if you don't play ball with the federal government, you could be going away for a long, long time. And Heather Mm -hmm. Idani, my my fellow uh, rescuer and defendant, I mean, she's been involved in three peaceful sit-in rescues, and the federal uh, Department of Justice, the federal government, is hanging over her head this possibility of an AXA of 33 years. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we, I think we I really do, need to wake up and see what's being done. Yeah. It's important for people to know, though, that um, we participate, you know, we have Red Rose Rescues, and Red Rose Rescues, we, Red Rose Rescuers do not block ingress or egress. So, okay. Red Rose Rescue. We've never been charged with face. I don't expect that anyone who participates in a Red Rose Rescue, as in fact has my good friend Will and Heather and Caroline, 
Um, we've never been charged with faith, and so there ha- it, it, there is a distinction. I think it's important for yeah, listeners to know. because you're not blocking access to the clinic. We're not blocking way. ingress or egress, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We kept the people inside the clinic at 6, because we want to, you know, a Red Rose Rescue is more targeted to sitting down quietly, as, as quietly as we can, going into these abortion centers, and, and really our first, our first goal is talk to the moms, <laughs> Okay. And and so we yeah we yeah so it's yeah. a difference. I yeah. just want to I just want to. No, it's a good to it's a good distinction to make. Very important distinction to make. So, what how do how are the, in light of what you said I've said described so far, it looks like this is this not doesn't look too good uh, for for our pro life friends here. Well, if I can just say, I mean, we have attorneys uh, from the Thomas More Society. Yeah. Uh, we have other pro-life attorneys from the D.C. area. We've got a public defender who's really been excellent. And so they're putting up a, a really good legal fight. Okay. You know, I think the pro-life movement has understood that there needs to be uh, arguments against the constitutionality of faith. Yep. Uh, we need to argue against this new weapon of conspiracy against rights with yep. its draconian uh, punishments but also really to work to show and bear witness to the humanity of the child. And one thing that has come out in this trial with a lot of the evidence is the humanity of the child, images of the child, uh, discussion of the peacefulness of pro-life. So uh, there are good opportunities here. We just ask everyone to pray that God might use this case for his glory. All right. Well, thanks so much. I'm sure we'll talk again. And Monica, I know you and I will talk again uh, before too long. So thanks so much for being with us today. We'll make sure people have easy access to your article in crisis, too. Thank you so much, Al. God bless you. Thanks, Al. God bless.